Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kate, Kiwi, and BP. Hello. Hello. Hi. Today we're going to be playing Isle of Cats, designed by Frank West of the City of Kings and Vadaran Gardens. And the artist is Dragolisco and Frank West of same games. Uh, published in 2019 by the City of Franks, which is Frank West's company. City of Kings. City of Kings. <laughs> I'm just saying. Although this, he missed the city out of on Franks. a huge opportunity there. Yeah, that's 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 both a movie I would watch and a book I would read. City legends have always told of a fabulous island where a race of ancient, wise, fierce, and playful cats made their home. Recent scouts from Squall's End have revealed this, that it is real but is threatened by approaching armies of Vesh Darkhand, who will stop at nothing to destroy the island and the rest of the world. Trees will burn, the ancient rocks will be broken, and there's a chance that these noble creatures can be saved. The mechanics are card drafting, drafting, grid coverage, hidden victory points, income, pattern building, set collection, square grid, tile placement, and turn order stat base. The box art is... uh. Well, how would you describe it? Whimsical children's book type look. There's a mountain and lake in the background, um, but it's that's kind of grayed out a bit and faded. And up front are some, as the title yeah. popping out at in you. Like rock text. Yeah. But some... like cat tower style where the cats are climbing on the letters. Yep. And some majestic looking cats on it. Mm hmm. And there's like an old, yeah, could be a, a frigate or a, a galleon or something. Yeah, so it's probably a cove within the waterfall going yeah. in. Probably not a lake, as I said. <laughs> 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 ship it. Right. They built the sh they built the ship just for this lake. <laughs> All right, everybody, pick your favorite cat on the box. I kind of like the green one. I like the blue one. I was gonna go with the blue one as well. <laughs> yeah, seemed... the blue one looks pretty cool. He's just the chilling. Most, yeah, he's, out he with seems his the most happy. Uh, so would you pull this off a shelf, Kate? Um, maybe. You love cats. I yeah. I, I don't really <laughs> like cats. So do you like cat lady? I do love cat lady, so that would give me reason to to give it a try. Um, the theme is is intriguing. So yeah, that description um was not what I was expecting for this game. Mm-hmm. Like there's armies and scouts and all sorts of crazy stuff happening. On this cat land. I've known about this for a while, but uh, probably not. Mechanics are kind of interesting. Description's kind of interesting. I guess it was always just sort of the box art that kind of just like, eh, I don't know. Like, I'm yep. kind of thinking it might be like a, a not very much of a theme. Just sort of like they threw cats on because cats are popular. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Well, I think you guys underestimate cats. Like, I think I think cats are very mischievous. And I mean, they will be probably one of the things that just survived the world. Anyway, I'll get into it. Um, I probably would. It is, I, on the other hand, uh, have always seemed to have a pet cat. Um, so the box art is whimsical. I'm a little hesitant about some of the mechanics, but the description, and especially knowing, as Kiwi had said, about... Um, it's also part of a universe with a bunch of 
other games and the idea of of what armies and I, I am very intrigued by the whole rock cracking and and cats. So I think I'm intrigued enough to that I would. I'm not sure I would. I think the art and the the description really don't match. Kind of reminds me of uh, It's a Wonderful World, where the title and the description really didn't go together, uh, nor did the cover. So that kind of like throws me off a little bit. And I've I've known about it and I've heard about it, um, but it's not a game that I've ever like sought out or been like, ah, we're putting this on. Like we're doing this. We're playing it today. It was just it was on our list. And I was like, all right, well, uh, let's do it. We're going to do this one. (laughs) We all know that the name is a pun, right? I love cats. Uh, yeah, right. I love cats. I love cats. Yep. Mm. Mm. So Very that's kind of thing. That I think that's what's throwing me off is that like it's kind of a punny name. Like cat lady is kind of a fun little whimsical thing, and then the art and the description don't really match that. You're talking for this, not for cat. Lady. Yeah, yeah, for this. Like that's okay. what's kind of like cat lady is very whimsical, and this is not very whimsical, and that's kind of like what throws me off. I think is like, okay, you you have a pun pun title, but it's not a very, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But that's kind of, I think, what's always kind of thrown me off about this game. How, what is our approach to cats? How do you think this is played? Well, th- thinking of the mechanics and thinking of, again, I had recently over the last week listened to our, our 2021 review, uh, year in review. And uh, wasn't pattern building or something? Uh, One of my yours things? Yours was... Um... Cooperatives, uh, pattern building. Yeah. So this has pattern building. That's not cooperative. No. I mean, yeah. I don't use basically, I think we'll have to invent that game. Um, so we're going to be building patterns, I guess, to help our cats. They can be saved uh, and grid coverage. So my idea is that we're going to be tile placement building patterns uh, on the grid with tiles to help our cats escape. The only thing that's kind of throwing me off, though, is the income. And I'm also really intrigued about the turn order stat based. Um, Yeah, that that sounds accurate. The tile placement on the grid. Um, I also was interested by income and stat based and trying to define those in my head and figure out if I've ever played anything like that. What would the income of ancient cats be? (laughs) Mice? Yeah, food. Yep, agreed. Rodents. Mice income, rodent income. And then what was your (laughs) other one? The turn order stat based. So that's any time that the turn order isn't like, hey, you go clockwise, it would be some sort of... Whoever has the most mice. Yeah, whoever whoever has the most money or like whoever has the least amount of something. A lot of games for a catch-up mechanic will do like, if you have the least amount of this thing, you go first. And so essentially you go in reverse order uh, and some games will use that as a catch-up mechanic. Yeah. So in this case, it's the least amount of rodent because then you're Mm -hmm. extra hungry and you're inspired Mm -hmm. to go first like a cat. Mm -hmm. There we go. I see. Naturally. But you didn't explain how these noble creatures are saved, being saved. You're building a pattern on your grid coverage, square grid to get them onto the boat and take them off the island. Sounds good to me. All right. So the history of cats being saved from an island. 
Uh, kind of. So actually, when I heard, obviously, right, Isle of Cats, uh, History of Cats, I thought I'd done the History of Cats at one point. Um, I'm sure we've talked. I know we did the History of Cat Ladies as a especially a 19th century concept, though also dates back to the 17th century and witch hunts. But um I don't think, I think we've just kind of talked around the history of cats themselves and the domestication of cats specifically. What's really fascinating about that and then the link to this game and the title of the game is that the archaeologists have now found the oldest skeleton of a feline on Cyprus, which of course is an island. Okay, yep. So, I, I will agree with your geographic assessment of Cyprus, yes. Okay, yeah, so see where it kind of... Yeah, ties in. Um, But so basically the history of the domestication and um, evolution of cats is all cats are descended from African wild cats, which again, kind of seeing this picture and kind of the game description makes me start to think of, right? African wild cats. Um, And one of the things I learned while I was doing my research is that unlike dogs, which... Um, have been kind of mix and matched and you now have right like more mixed breeds because there were like actual pure breads right originally and then they got mix and matched to come up with all these different styles of dogs cats uh, and their dna have always been mix match like various types of felines can can mate with all different kinds of felines like and uh they're basically uh, all stem from and share and really only have like one gene to really tell them the difference. And so that's why, like, mostly when you say, like, what kind of breed do you have? You have like a domestic short hair or domestic long hair. It was really only in the 19th century uh, that breeds of cats actually started to become a thing. Um, and so, uh So I don't know. I found that really fascinating that cats are just they're a mix match of everything. uh, And at their core, uh, they're still very wild, Um, obviously, in their domestication and evolution with humans came about because, of course, they're once humans started to settle down again, some of the very earliest drawings of them or remains of them have been found in Neolithic villages, right? Which are some of the earliest periods where humans started to settle down uh, and therefore also collect grains, right? And start to store grains, which of course, when you start to store grains, there are rodents that are very much attracted, right? To that storage, which then attracts the cats and blah, blah, blah. And what's also really fascinating with all of that is that most of the very ancient cats really are talked about and looked at and found in the Eastern Hemisphere, which I find interesting because there is the leopard in the Western Hemisphere, which was, no, the jaguar, right, in the Western Hemisphere, because like the Mayans, right, that was uh, one of uh, the big kind of creatures that they really looked at, like the jaguar king was always like the highest priest, chief, ruler. Um, And so, but like, other maybe it's just the people who are writing the articles were again very like eastern hemispheric oriented versus including the western hemisphere uh but i find all of that just very fascinating because obviously like there's 
long histories of, um, you know, cats and being good mousers and even being on ships to help take care of the rodent population that also accompanies ships bringing in this boat. Um, but that cats are older than Egyptian civilization, which I feel like most people think of when they think of the domestication of cats, think of Egypt, but not the first place. See, right. there we go. Cats, wild, vicious, noble creatures. Remorseless killing machines. Mm-hmm. Hey, how do we play this game? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> so we are citizens of Squall's End, trying to save as many cats as possible before Vesh arrives. We'll explore the island, rescue cats, and gather ancient treasure before loading it on our boats and getting away safely. Players earn points for cat families, rare treasures, and completed lessons. Losing points for rats on the boat and unfilled rooms. The player with the most points at the end of the game is the winner. This is another game with the boring, randomly chosen first player. But we could go with last on a boat, last to put a cat on a boat, (laughs) most cats, closest person to a cat, person to own a family of cats. There's a lot of cat options. Well, there's a cat right there. I'm closest to it. Yeah, I think you also own the most cats. But when's the last time you were on a boat with a cat? On a boat with a cat? I don't think I've ever been on a boat with a cat. I have... Don't go on boat. I got nothing. Unless you, mm, you have boat cat experience. Not boat cat, no. <laughs> boat dog, strictly. Boat, you're, stri- you're strictly a, a boat dog kind of person? <laughs> no. Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll let uh, BP go first. I suppose. All right, so the, the game is played over five rounds with each round representing a day. And the instruction booklet has some story to go along with this. So... At last, there, rising out of the mists, are the mysterious headlands and treetops of the Isle of Cats. Hope fills the boat as their prows cut across the waters, but the threat to this precious sanctuary is still clear. You left behind the beat of Vesha's distant war drums. How long will it take the dark hand to arrive? Uh, five days. That's how long it will take, because <laughs> each day is each round is a day. Uh, each day, we're going to start by filling the fields, and we get more story. Every day you rise before first light to read old smugglers' accounts and scan ancient maps as you loudly debate the best spots to discover the island's rare and elusive beasts. Uh, So the area to the left and the right of the main board are called fields, uh, the left field and the right field, respectively. And tiles, which are cats and treasures, are taken from the bag and based on player count. Um, And that's not so for us. It'll be six cats. It'll be a different uh, number of cats because I was basing that off three players and not four players because I'm a monster. All right. So uh, each round is broken up into several phases. So phase one is the fishing phase. Uh, With today's territory picked, the first job of the day is to hurry to grab your fishing nets and lines. You are going to need an awful lot of fish if you want to lure the cats out of hiding. Uh, So every player gets 20 fish from the supply. Phase two is explore. Stepping as silently as you can through fragrant grasses and beside ancient ruins, you see many strange sights, grottos, eldritch waymakers, forests, old smuggler troves, old building and poacher's hides. Occasionally, you might even see a tail disappearing into the undergrowth. So players are going to get seven cards, selecting two and passing. We'll pass to the left for odd days and to the right for even days. Uh, This continues until each player receives a seventh card, uh, which is passed to them. Players take their seven cards and choose which to keep, paying the cost in the upper left hand in fish. So fish is money. Uh, Cards not chosen are played face down in the discard pile so that other people don't know what they are. 
All right, phase three is reading lessons. In the hot midday sun, there is a brief chance for you to rest from your labors and study the old scrolls of the keepers who once lived here. In them, this long-lost race explained their science of cat stewardship. You will have to study them carefully to ensure that your precious cargo makes it safely back to Squall's End. So uh, any public lessons in a player's hand are placed face up on the table for all players to see and then read aloud. Any regular lessons go face down next to the player's boat and displayed so that other players know how many lessons each player has, but not what lessons they have. So public lessons uh, in gameplay terms are public victory point ways to earn victory points whereas the regular lessons are player-specific ways to earn victory points. In phase four, we're finally going to rescue cats. So all of the cat lore you have learned states the same thing, that to get any of the island cats to do anything will require some kind words and lots of fish. You have your baskets and fish. You'd better put on your anti-scratch leather gauntlets. So players can play rescue cards. So these are going to be green bordered. Once all players have played the cards they wish, they are revealed. The number of boots represent the player's speed, which sets the player order fastest to slowest. Players then take turns rescuing cats. To rescue a cat, you need an empty basket and fish. Cats in the left field require three fish and those in the right require five. Immediately place a rescued cat into your boat and this phase ends if both fields are empty or all players pass. In phase five, we have rare events. So the last hours of the evening are filled with merriment and song as you show off your finds and declare that surely you are the best cat gatherer from Squall's End. So starting with the start player, players can play their OSHA, which are special cats or treasure cards, placing those tiles immediately on their boat. OSHAC's cats always want to join a family, so select that when you place them on your board. Uh, and then at the end of each day... So as the gray light of evening approaches, the mist and the quiet once again fall over the Isle of Cats. All of the felines you didn't manage to catch have now vanished back into the undergrowth. You leave what spare stores you have and even a raft or two. Maybe they will find another way to escape the Isle before Vesh arrives. So any cats that aren't rescued from the fields flee and Vesh's ship gets closer to the island. If Vesh's ship has arrived, the game ends and scoring is done. Otherwise, it starts the next day. Cards and fish carry over to the next day. Once the game is over, you get points based on the size of each cat family, which is uh, the same color cats in orthogonal groups with at least three cats, three points per rare treasure, points from your lessons and public lessons, minus point for each visible rat, and minus five points for each unfilled room on your boat. So every boat has about seven rooms, so you want to try and fill the rooms the best you can. The player with the most points is the winner, with a tie going to the player with the most fish. If it's still tied, then both players win. And that is the rules and the story. Let's save those cats. We just finished a game of Isle of Cats. Uh, to recap, uh, BP the Puffin Puffin Cat had 30 points. I the Dragon Cat had 80 points. Kate the Marlin Cat had 82 points. And Kiwi the Cephala Cat had 93 points. What was your winning strategy, Kiwi? Uh, I tried to get a family of every color cat. 
And then I got some lesson cards that uh, really helped. So, but they were lesson cards that I could play to. And then I just got lucky with some of them because the one, the first lesson card I got was the don't fill the sleeping rooms. Mm. And then BP played the public one where it was, you got five points for every treasure. So I got like 28 points minus the two rats in the, in the room. So like, it was a good, you know, almost 20 points for just those two cards. And that, and that rat one was really yeah. clutch too. So that, that's what I, I played to. So initially it was just get lots of small families of cats. And then it was start picking up lessons that I thought I could do. Yep. Kate, what was, any strategy? Well, try to follow my lessons, but mm-hmm. I, I, I got too many lessons. So I got very overwhelmed. Well, I think you had about my as goals, many as Kiwi or, at or the or end. I forgot them. But yeah, trying to, trying to achieve my, my lessons. Yeah, I think that was kind of the key is, I mean, I was trying to do the basic stuff in the game, but I think the lessons were a big chunk of the points, which is why I think BP had the lowest is because she had the least lessons. Although I did have four four public lessons. That's the thing is I had a bunch of public lessons. Yeah, but those benefit everybody. I know. I mean, I tried to do the families and then was finding out that I was not going to get there. So I don't know. I guess not. I, I just tried to I tried <laughs> to do my and best and apparently failed. So theme, did you feel like you were rescuing cats from an island as an invader was coming to take over the cats? I felt like I, more so I was just capturing cats. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I had my baskets and my fish. I didn't feel like the urgency of like an, an impending, like approaching army. I felt more like I was just like, catching them and then attracting certain cats. yeah and then the plan was to like sell them on the backside i don't know <laughs> like, you're like picking and choosing which cats you wanted to keep and then discarding the rest yeah exactly yeah, putting them in the yeah. garbage and there was a time limit but there was not really a rush like maybe if there was more of a, a push to to get your cats quickly and yeah squeeze them into yeah, maybe if like the field shrank or something, so yeah, like the, there were fewer cats as the game went on, maybe you would get more of that rush to pick up yeah, cats, that'd be, maybe. That'd be cool. Like there's like a set number of cats, instead of drawing them each round, it was like mm. diminishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like it'd be like, oh, hey, uh, I'm sorry, I have plenty of room on this boat, but you just don't fit the right orientation, so you got to go cat. <laughs> yeah, and I'll ho- I, I hope there'll be better cats tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> And you say that you say that real you say that real loud as you leave the field. Be like, man, there were a lot of shitty cats out here. I hope there are better cats tomorrow. Or it could actually be the same cat. He just needs to be come come back in a different stretched orientation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need you to be um, less of a long boy and more of like a short stubby boy. Yeah, yeah. Just chop up the tail a bit and come back. And try again tomorrow, buddy. Curl up in a little ball. Yeah. Uh, table presence. Uh, BP. What'd you think? I, well, I think I said this a lot throughout that, oh, these are so cute. Oh, they've got little cute names. Yeah, I thought that cats themselves uh, were cute. And I think um, every once in a while I would zoom out so I could see everybody's boats. And I think this is when you have a good pattern, it, you know, building thing, like it, it creates pretty things to look at. And so I think for table presence, it did have that going on. Yeah, I wasn't excited about it. Going into it, like reading the description and hearing, you know, there's going to be a grid. Maybe coming from a other recent game we played, but yeah, the once I saw that I had a little boat, I was pretty excited. 
I, I, I like the boat and the layout on the island and stuff. I think my biggest complaint would be more of like symbols in the playable design. Like, and it may have just been a tabletop simulator thing, but like looking, trying to look at the boat and seeing where the cats overlapped. And like there was one on Kate's where it was like the, the room icon and the rat icon were overlapped and we didn't, couldn't tell if it was the room or not. And mm -hmm. it was kind of like, it kind of hurt my eyes to try to like focus on where, where boats and tiles ended and things started. I think I would agree with what everybody said. I'm, I'm wondering too, if a little bit of that, like that iconic free graphic thing, cause this tabletop simulator mod is really dark mm. and I don't know like why it's that way, but for my, at least on my screen, it was really dark. So it made it hard sometimes to like figure out exactly where you needed to go and everything was kind of small. It's almost like they took, you know, all the stuff scanned it in and then made it really tiny. So it was a little bit harder to read. I felt okay. like I wonder so if it didn't look that in the game, but yeah. it was just hard for me to like see where blank spaces were at a glance. So, yeah. And I, I feel like it would probably be easier in person. Yeah. But there were other graphic design things like the fish cost on the cards. There was no symbol of a fish next to it to make it clear that that was a fish cost, which is just little things like that. That just irritated me. That was like, why wouldn't you include that? So it's clear. It's, it's things like that that just make the game smoother is if mm. you have like mm -hmm. little symbols like that at the right spots. Mm. Uh, mechanics, Kiwi. I found it interesting with the whole draft. Like you're drafting cards that you then have to pay for. So you might not keep all of those cards and then having that set caught, like, you know, you, you know you're going to get 20 fish. So I think Eric, it was like day two. You were like, oh, this is a setup day because you like got a bunch of cards that you wanted to keep. And so you bought them all. But yeah. that means you weren't be able to, to get cats. So I, I like that that aspect it kind of changed up the draft a little bit it wasn't just hey you get these cards but you have to pay for them as well i think that also increases the potential for like hate drafting because you could be like well i don't really want anything but i'm going to take this one and not buy it but I, to deny the next person from getting it uh, i'll tell you one thing i I definitely did that at least once because there was one that was like get a fish for every lesson card i was like wow i don't want this to get her back around back, back around the cake yeah i yeah. think i did that a couple times too not for that particular card, but trying to to think about what people might want. Yeah. Whereas like if a normal drafting game, it's like you get to use everything you draft. You might not want to waste it on. But if you know that in a draft, you're only going to keep 75 percent or something, then it give, gives you a couple like of, of ones to take away from somebody else. Yeah. yeah, but you probably didn't want to do it in the beginning. At least I didn't. I was so focused on what do I want? And what do I need? And it was only if there wasn't really anything I wanted in that hand, yeah. would I then think about. Yeah, which I, well, which the, I, the first which I think round, is I good. spent all my fish. And then yeah. the next round, I was like, I don't want to buy all my cards. So that's when I kind of started doing that. And that's the one like I think when with games like this where you play for the first time and, and there is an economy to it. And I think we've talked about it with other games, too, where it, it can take if you've never played the game, it can take a round or two before you figure out, like, what is the worth of one fish? And then like yeah. then, then you can actually put the worth into cards. Like, is this card worth three fish? You know, so mm -hmm. it, it just it can take a little bit to get there. Aside from the lesson that Eric had for going first the last time it didn't seem like going first made that much of a difference of so the boots i never i never really cared how many boots i had okay. yeah I, I mean i only i held on my boots for the end of the last round so and i didn't <laughs> really think not going first had a huge impact they came with baskets yeah. so you wanted them but yeah i felt the same yeah 
I guess the only thing would be like if there's only one of a specific color and it's mm-hmm. in the cheaper side and you know that other people are going to go for it, like making sure that you're first. I, I think I felt like we had a pretty good spread of all the colors. And I don't think anybody was really in a bad spot that it was like, oh, if I don't go first, like it ruins my whole turn. Well, again, yeah. that comes back to then the idea that if there were to create that more urgency, if there are a way that the pool of cats was then was shrinking, yeah. you know, because I feel like then that would come into play. Yeah, maybe a lot like more. each player's turn, one goes away or something like that. Maybe the last turn was the one that the most of here's the cats I really want to finish out my stuff. But like, mm-hmm. and this is going to kind of be my complaint on mechanics. Like for the most of the early game up until like the last round, you can kind of just take some cats and play them based on what's available because your goal keeps changing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest complaint is that, you know, most games like this, you get some bonus objectives. So you have an idea where direction to go in. But this there were so many bonus objectives that then were like conflicting with each other and conflicting with the core goal and then changing each round that like it was a bit overwhelming of like there's just too many things to try to accomplish. And so I just like started taking lessons cards, especially since there were cards that gave you bonuses based on how many lessons you had. So I was like, I'll yeah. just take them and play them. And then if I have them at the end, great. And if I don't, whatever. But then it's just like it gave me no like real clear. Here's my strategy for this game. I was just sort of every round I was like, OK, what am I going to try to do this round? And then the next round it would change, which I don't know. I didn't wasn't a big fan of that. Right. Uh, rules BP. I think we figured out most of the questions through the first round. I don't think the learning curve was very high. Um, I mean, I think the cards themselves were pretty clear, uh, even if it didn't have the one little fish in the corner to say like yeah. what the cost was. Um, some of the, the coloring and, and scheming on them did make them sometimes a little dark. We didn't see the names at first, those types of things. Uh, the font messed me up a little bit. I don't have my uh, new prescription glasses any longer. I, I misplaced them. And uh, so I have a little trouble seeing. <laughs> and you could only zoom in so close sometimes. And so uh, that was just a little tricky, but that's probably more for people with poor eyesight than anything else. I kind of wanted the the uh, boots to multiply because there's enough space there that they could just put four boots like mm-hmm. when they had four you know just have the number but there was two boots but then oh, yeah actually oh uh, yeah so you're saying yeah the rule book it was fairly easy to find what we needed to relatively quickly i think my only request for the rule book would have been to have like a summary of each of the phases because i ended up for most of the game, we just had the rule summary mm-hmm. that I had in the show notes so that we could go phase through phase because it's it's broken up over so many pages in the rule book. I didn't want to like have to scroll back like, up and down constantly. So having yeah. like a night, but there wasn't, you know, a lot of games will put that on the very back page of the rule book. And that wasn't the case for this, this rule book. So, but that's easy enough to like, you print it off on a piece of paper yeah. and you have it. So yeah, or even having those player cards. I love those player yeah, cards. Yeah, player cards are really nice. So that could have been an option too. And maybe in the actual game, that is a thing. Mm. And it's just not here in the tabletop simulator mod. So all right. Um player interaction. Um, I mean it's a pass and draft game, so that's about the interaction. You're gonna mm-hmm. take cards and pass them. And like I said, with the buying of purchasing of cards, added a little bit more potential to deny draft people but 
after that kind of first drafting phase, um, I don't think there was too much interaction from there. No. No. You cared if somebody took the cat you had your eye on, but you didn't. That happened a couple times tops. Yeah. 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 It wasn't intentional. Yeah. It wasn't intentional. It was more you just like, oh, that's what I wanted. It wasn't actual like interaction. And like you said, it. Going first, if that didn't matter, then the order, the interaction wasn't much because then the order would matter more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of downtime, I think, because of that in between like the moves. I mean, you couldn't plan too far ahead because, again, you're, the cat you thought you might be wanting might not be there. So I probably like I only looked at other people's boards just to look at them because I wanted to see what kind of patterns were being created. But it really didn't matter what anybody else was doing. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that that downtime I don't think was game related. It was just the medium Tabletop, in which we yeah. were playing the game and how we had it set up. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I do feel like it may have been a little slow in person too, I, though. Yeah, like I don't think it'd be a quick quick moves between turns. There's a yeah, lot of thought. I think it depends on the player. The... All right, uh, would you play it again, BP? Yeah, I, it, I, it's a pattern. <laughs> I really. I just love the way that that fits. I wish it were faster to, you know, be fitting everything in and spend more time trying to to fit all the the puzzle pieces together. Um, I really, I really want to cover my board much more optimally. So that's that's one of the reasons. It's pretty. It it has that pattern puzzly feel to it that I like in the jigsaw puzzle kind of feel, not a trying to figure out a riddle puzzle. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'd play it again. Um, it did feel a little bit a little bit slow, um, so I don't know whether I'd want to be like one less round of it or if maybe playing with two players would be better um, so you're not waiting as much. Um, but I, I also enjoyed the pattern and yeah, fitting the cats into my boat. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I would play it again. Um, I liked the card play. I liked the look of it. Um, you know, it was a little bit different in terms of like how you got the tiles from other tile placement games. Um, but I could see where like the length of it could go on a little long, depending on, uh, you know, the types of players or, you know, in, in our case, the medium in which we were playing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would like to try it uh, with the actual physical version mm-hmm. if I played it again. But yeah, I would play it again. Uh, yep, and to be the standard dissenting opinion, <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, for the same reason, most of the the uh, Tetris games, like played a million of them, they're all pretty similar. This one has a lot more going on, but I don't know if that helps it. Um, and I think for me, the big thing is like in a pretty fairly solitary or not highly interactive puzzle game. Like I want to be able to develop my strategy in the first turn or two, and then focus on solving for that strategy. And I felt like I couldn't do that in this game. Um, and so that's I probably one of the 50 other ones that I can do that with. It wasn't like I didn't dislike it. It's just it's there been a while others. since we played one of these. But, you know, for a while there, we played like one of these. It seemed yeah, like, it was about like every every other week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for the reasons you said, I, I wish there was more pressure, like a, a a giant pool of cats at the start that just everybody as everyone was collecting them over time, sort of depleted. I just think there's other other mechanics I would like better. All right. That was mm-hmm. uh, Isle of Cats. 
So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do so via email at firstturntabletop at gmail or hit us up on the Twitter or Instagram. It is First Turncast. And our uh, podcasting camel says as he's waving from the boat, come cats, come here. He also says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. Are you going to tell them what else I'm doing? Uh, uh, for the listening audience, she's waving <laughs> from <laughs> the edge of the boat, I guess. <laughs> so we look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. Good thing I'm Cats can go out of their room. You don't get a room, cat. You belong in the hallway. <laughs> um. He's bigger than I thought. Were you trying to get him on the thing? Yeah. You uh, can do it that way. Can you put him back? <laughs> okay, reject that cat. <laughs> Everybody got screwed, except even that purple cat that just got rejected. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, I got on the boat, I got on the boat, guys. Nope, and you kicked him off Threw of him the back boat. In the water.